Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the Lodge Cast Experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Episode 113, Tea Time. Hey, you're about to listen to a very special episode of the LodgeCast in which we describe a lot of unpleasant things and we give away pretty much this whole movie. So if you're out there and you're an adventurous listener, I strongly urge you to watch the film before listening to this episode. But if you know in your heart of hearts you're a squeamish little flower who will never see this film, then by all means, enjoy. Bonjour and welcome to Le Lodge Cast. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Oui, oui. We got Brother Lucas in the back. Comment allez-vous? And making his grand return to the Lodge Cast, we got Brother Dave. Woo! Happy to be here. What a movie to return to. And if I'm not mistaken, this is your grand return to the cinema. What? That's right. No way. How long has it been? Well, uh, it's been a long time, over a year. And in fact, the last movie I saw in theaters was, interestingly enough, entitled The Lodge. Oh, <laughs> man. I know I that, remember one. that one. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome back. The movie tonight what a movie it purports to be. It is Titan? Titan? Titan. 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 I looked it on YouTube. Titan. Titan <laughs> is the movie tonight. It is a French film. And that is about all I know about it. I don't want anything to be spoiled for me, but do, can anybody tiptoe through what they know about this movie if they know anything? It's by French director Julia Decarnot. She did a film called Ra. I have not seen it. Oh, I've seen Ra. Anyone else seen Ra? I have not. I have seen Ra. I quite enjoyed it. Ra was was a very interesting ride, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I missed it because it was big when it came out, but I just didn't see it. But then I was like, I was like going to watch it this week, but then I was like, nah, I'm just going to see Titan. You're going to go in Ra without having seen Ra. Yeah, and I'm going to see Body Horror, I am assuming. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, the poster shows some kind of total recall Martian, like, ear. Like brain, brain coming out of a head. Yeah, yeah. Dave, do you know anything about this? I, I believe there's some sort of Cronenbergian car erotica going on. Sure, sure. Yes. Nice. I think this is ideal, you guys, because this movie already has a reputation as being a shocker. Yeah. So the less we know, I feel the better. And whatever craziness awaits us, I love that it's happening at the Burbank 16. Mm. I I love it mm. when crazy shit 
unspools in the artisan select Halls. theater. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be the dinkiest, dingiest theater. It's that auditorium ten, so as long as it's not thirteen, we're fine. All right, yeah, we have not a return. unlucky number thirteen. <laughs> we but have it, a return, but to it's 13. a Tuesday discount it night. It is Tuesday oh! discount night. Discount night. Yes, it is. I didn't even know. Just yeah. your mic. Oh, my God. We so, are waiting our way through a lot of Marvel heads to get yeah, to this prestige horror the, jam. The Venom, theater is chock-a-block full of Venom freaks. Venom, let there be carnage. Venomers out there. A lot of Venomers. And, Venom, 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 go get them. Venom. And ah. since half of this car has continued to enforce the embargo on superhero movies, absolutely, we're mm. not covering it. Although no. we did cover Venom, and it was pretty funny. It was, so. one, of the, it was one of the last Marvel. <laughs> Films. <laughs> so he's still keeping his foot down on the neck of the nah, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Body bag. Is die. Concern. No, no, I don't want it to die because it's it's bringing folks out and it's keeping AMC alive. So keep yeah. on, keep on, keep on. Tonight, will go back when Julia Dick Carnot directs Venom Part Five. <laughs> right? Yeah, I just love that Brother Dave has a sweatshirt for the metal band Venom. <laughs> <laughs> just total serendipity and. People are going to think he's a Venom freak, and he's just going to walk among them and yeah. quietly go into Theater 10. For and I'm fine T-ton. with that. I'm really cool with that, guys. That's great. Yeah. This film won the Palme d'Or at the oh, Cannes shit. Film Festival. Damn. Okay. The second film to win from a female director after Jean Campion's nice. The Piano. So it is... Uh, Popping off. That's amazing. Um, uh, it's big. It's prestigious you get. And it's also apparently just as crazy as you can get. So Bug just, fuck crazy. Yeah. We clearly don't know anything about it, so no. we have nothing else to add. I don't nope. even know what I'm going into. Let's yeah, I have just no idea. walk right into this shit, guys. Mm. Mm. Brother Dave, it's beautiful to have you here. Thank you, thank you. Welcome back. Love and light. Here we go. Love and light. Sacre bleu, what a movie. Whoa, daddy. I, I'm bursting at the seams again. We, we, we got to go to the schnapps. what's that schnapps? All right, this one lays it all out. The schnapps gives it away. All right, well, maybe we shouldn't do it then. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Sacre Listen to this. bleu. Okay. From Rotten Tomatoes. Titan, colon, <laughs> a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys often used in medical prosthesis due to its pronounced biocompatibility period that's the end of the schnapps oh my god yeah. that is the best schnapps we've ever had yeah Nailed it's it. a trap that's nailed it that is amazing that's that's a, that's a trap folks <laughs> That is a fucking ambush you're walking into. That is a minefield. That's like a sign that says, go ahead, go swimming. And there's like the camera like pulls back and there's just crocs and eels and fucking lampreys. He's not wrong, folks. He's not wrong. I mean, there had to have been a coalition in that theater of people who kind of knew they were in for a wild ride, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone walked out. 
Imagine uh, Nicole Kidman we'll introducing that, that movie because that's what she did. Nicole Kidman, I would love to she, see. She said, "We make Titan better." I would love to see uh, the Titan the U.S. version with Nicole. I would love to see the Titan title screen inserted into that Nicole Kidman <laughs> AMC trailer, <laughs> where that's what she's sitting down to watch, and then and then I want to see it cut to her after the movie, just <laughs> wind blown makeup. Ruined, just lipsticks long gone, <laughs> leaking oil out of her orifices. Leaking yeah. oil, guys. <laughs> leaking butter. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there are enough salad dragons in the sky to properly address this film. It never stops. It never stops. It's like uh, it it's like a lodgeversary mother lodge salad dragons salad bar of salad dragons. It's everything. So Bishki, you were confused. You were confused from the, well, the I intro. Was, I was. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> French. What are you gonna do? Les incompetents. Uh, and so I was confused, but I was like, oh, but this is heading to where somewhere we're gonna come out with some clarity. But at a certain point, I was like, no. <laughs> No, we are getting deeper and deeper into confusion <laughs> in well, terms of what whatever we just witnessed. The yeah. first scene, there's a little girl in the backseat of a car. Her dad's driving. She unbuckles her safety belt and he turns around to help her out. Big car accident. She hits her head. We see some quick surgery and then we see the telltale scar by her ear where a titanium plate was inserted into her head and we flash forward and then it's off to the fucking races i was just aghast the whole time on the edge of my seat the whole time i've so. never looked away more from the screen since possessor probably that's true so lucas was afraid of this his eyes were allergic to this film he was looking down he was looking away he was looking everywhere it hurt it hurt i couldn't stop looking at the screen i was punching dave and i was looking over to bishki to see what he was doing he was stoic he, he has legs crossed he was looking <laughs> like he was watching a, a merchant a merchant ivory film or something Bishke takes his job seriously. No very, reaction. Very, very you're Dealing with the Palme d'Or, you got to really focus. You do. You do. So Whoa. we're introduced to this like world of these sleazy car shows where there are dancers around these cars kind of doing it half-assed. But then after this fantastic tracking shot where we're following her tiger jacket around the showroom floor, she is one of the dancers and we get an extended very loving dance upon this car very explicit very yeah. ridley scott's the counselor s yes i was thinking of the counselor too in which cameron diaz basically fucks a car and the cronenbergian shadow looms large over this whole endeavor yeah. and you know crash is obvious so, Brother Dave, what were you thinking when you were treated to this extended car show twerkathon? I was so on board. I was like, <laughs> did, did Paul Verhoeven's Showgirls and Cronenberg's Crash kind of merge? I think they did. I think they had a titanium baby. This whole movie is basically a hard-charging muscle car. Yeah. She goes out. She signs a couple autographs dispassionately. She's like, I'm done. And then there's one guy that keeps following her, this creepy stalker guy who's in love with her. He's aggressive. He demands a, an autograph. She's in her car trying to leave, and he's pushy about it. He's like, don't I get a goodbye kiss? And this is the first salad dragon. Hey, it's a dragon. 
the Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> Little did we know it was a modest Salad Dragon compared to everything that comes after. But she kind of kisses him back a little bit. And then at a certain point, she takes out this metal chopstick that she uses to tie up her hair with. And she jams it into his ear. Deep. Deep. His eyes roll back in his head and he starts just foaming at the mouth. And he's just flopping there halfway into her like, into her driver's like seat window. Like a fish on the deck of a boat. And they just hold it until he completely flops out and dies. And I, I mean, going into and this, there are fluids all over her. Going into this, knowing nothing, I didn't see that. I didn't know she was gonna kill a guy. Nor I. I <laughs> thought it was a one-off. I thought it was just some random, like she was having a bad night. Yeah, and it just got yeah. worse. And I thought the rest was to put some in the trunk. Yeah, you know, I thought it was some... gonna be a body disposal. I was thinking, like, okay, yeah. I know where this is going. But then she goes and showers, and she showers to get rid of the, the uh, foam off of her neck. Yeah. <laughs> Fully nude. <laughs> fully nude. Walks, Full frontal. Walks into the uh, car show. Dis- showroom. Showroom. <laughs> and there is a car that's got some, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Hydraulics. Hydraulics going on. And she jumps in. Naked. Fully nude. And this is the second <laughs> salad dragon. It is. The second salad dragon. It back is. to back. Double drag. Double dragon. Back to back, double dragon. She's fucking the car. I don't know what I precisely think, she's doing. I think she was she was having intercourse with the stick shift. And they yeah. just didn't. There, there was no insert. There was no right. shot of it. But she was hitting it so hard that the car's yeah. hydraulics were like launching her or something. And that's I think <laughs> I think that's the only restraint this film showed. Brother Dave, were you still on board? Or even more on board. I was still on board, but I was—I had a bit of a question mark for me. <laughs> Started to I had a questions percolating that I was—I was hoping would be answered. Yeah. Well, she then starts realizing some changes are happening to her body, and it quickly becomes apparent that she is pregnant. Chekhov's gun in this particular instance is an unborn titanium car baby. (laughs) Yeah. That's coming down the road. You don't know what is going to come out. There's motor oil coming out of her throughout the rest of the film. If you are still listening to this, and this sounds even remotely appetizing to you, stop this episode right now. You need to see this movie. I don't know who you are. But you know who you are. There is nothing that can prepare you for what comes after this. We've just nicked the top off of the Olive Garden Parmesan block. We're like seven minutes into this movie. This movie hasn't even started yet. This movie hasn't even kicked into the plot yet. We've got so much more bodily horror and so much more... Uh, <laughs> what, what do you even call it? French art house. French. French, French is fucked. So much more French. I, I, the only thing you can compare it to uh, Lodgecast wise yeah. is maybe like Deerskin. Deerskin. Or High Life. 
a little revenge, revenge. I was but just re- thinking, eat your heart out, Nick Griffin. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot that you can put into it, but I mean, climax a little bit, but it's got a flavor all its but own. But it's got its own thing. Yeah. So He's French. Man. There's there's another dancer that works at the car show that has a crush on her, and we get a very charming shower scene where she gets her hair stuck on the other girl's pierced nipple ring nice meat cute nice wet oh, oh yeah that was even before what we talked about <laughs> dragons upon dragons and then they're making out on the dock <laughs> and she starts getting really attracted oh. to that metal nipple ring this is a crouton, crouton. she just bites it she bites she bites Ugh. it and pulls Ugh. and it's the pull Ugh. it's the pull away that extends the nipple i think in the audience that might have been the biggest like flinch I, I mean, can't, I can't remember. There's was, there was a few where the whole audience just like everybody can relate to having a nipple. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's gonna hit extra hard. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was this dude sitting behind me and Lucas, who I don't know if he was on a date. He or was what. on a date, man. Oh, guys, guys Jesus talking that much Christ. are like trying to be charming. They're trying to like show their peacock feathers of knowledge. <laughs> And it's like, bro, you're all right. You're safe, dude. You're safe. Just shut the fuck up. Let the movie do the work for you. Yeah. So he was percolating in the background through this whole thing. He had a lot to say about it. (laughs) But to his to his credit, he was whispering pretty softly. But you know, and he it tapered off the the deeper we got into the movie because he was probably floored. He'll be calling in with his thoughts after the episode. (laughs) (laughs) We we tracked him down. So she goes back to this fellow dancer's house, I guess, where she lives or where she parties. Who knows? There's not a lot of detail and there doesn't really need to be because, again, the movie hasn't even started yet. Yeah. She is kind of making out with this girl some more. Then just out of nowhere, she takes out her metal chopstick and stabs her in the face with it. And the, the audience was like, wait, what? What? Because the first kill, you're kind of with her because it was this creepy fan. Yep. But the second kill, you're like out of nowhere, out of nowhere, field, and And it's 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 too real. It's It's a shallow stab. It doesn't kill her. Like it, it it, startles her. It It goes into her her. cheek, and she's like, "Huh? What? What? What?" (laughs) She's she is us. Party foul. Party foul to the most extreme, and that kicks off the third salad dragon. One, two, three, three. She quickly realizes there are more people in this house that she has to kill. This guy comes down. She hides the woman that she just stabbed in the face. She hides her wounds from him just long enough for her to grab a fireplace poker and attack him with it. He fights back. That's straight out of Possessor. She, yeah. Yes. She drags the fire poker across the ground, like in Blood Simple, with the shovel on the asphalt. It was just that callback. And it's great that you bring up Possessor, because that's the last Lodge cast that Brother Dave was on. So I'm seeing a, a theme develop Extreme violence. I, I come for the straightforward, easy episode. He's <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> a ringer, folks. So she fights with this guy. She ends up using a stool and puts one of its stool legs through his mouth and through the side of his neck, killing him. And then she sits sits on him. She sits down on the stool. Mm. The nice hearty plop. I like wanted, she's getting on a pummel horse. I wanted to stand up and clap when she sat down on that stool, but she wasn't done. There were more people in the house. You also, you might want to mention that uh, it's all 
like set to some really Tarantino-esque music cues that are kind of uncharacteristic for what we're, we're witnessing. Yes. You do get a lot of shades of fellow Palm d'Or winner Pulp Fiction in this, where it's just, you're just shocked. You're just straight up shocked by what's going on on screen, you know? Quite frequently. And that's not the usual anymore. Like, I am rarely shocked. And this movie shocked the shit out of me. So she's kind of on the run. There's a missing kid that is in the news and there's, you know, there's a series of murders. She goes into the subway station and shaves off her eyebrows and tries to make herself look like a man by using gauze to tape down her breasts and to Co cover her her titanium pregnant belly yeah she she uses the she uses the gauze as like a girdle to just squeeze whatever is growing inside of her tight that's always running under everything it's like something is inside of her that is taped down and it's gotta blow something's gotta give oh no this is where i think the audience cringe the most this is the fourth salad <laughs> dragon four dragons I mean, is this, this isn't even 15 minutes into the movie yet. Uh, she decides that she needs to break her nose. Brother Dave. Uh, she looks in the mirror. She <laughs> summons all her courage and strength. And then she punches herself in the face repeatedly. And we think that's bad enough. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's already like cringing. I'm like hiding like into Lucas's shoulder. Kudos to the sound effects in this scene. Oh, they're fantastic. They're these real. Tight little pummels are just brutal. And I don't think there's any music. Yeah, and then <laughs> just flesh. Then she builds up to it. You see it in her eyes. You oh, see she's looking at that sink at the, the edge of the sink. The corner of the sink. Ah. She goes for it. She dives in. And oh my god. Everyone in the theater jumped back. She yeah, just... the guy, the bro next to me. Oh. Uh he was like, that'll do it. That's what he said. Yep. The douchebag behind <laughs> you was like, that'll do it. <laughs> We're just like, what the fuck? And just so you know, the reason that that dude got quiet is because they walked out. They were the walkout that uh, I clocked. Oh, no way. Yep, they no walked out. No way. It wasn't turning them on, I guess. There was a point where they left and I'm like, oh, man, they're missing a lot. <laughs> uh, they're continuing to miss a lot. <laughs> they gone. <laughs> So, <laughs> so she does that. Then the movie actually settles down. Settles well, so yeah, settles down. <laughs> the movie actually gets into kind of what the plot is. The exposition's great. You see all these signs in the subway that show like digitally aged versions of this kid that's missing. And so our main character, Alexis. Omniscient editorial note, the character's name is Alexia. So the father of the missing kid comes on the scene and at the police station, he identifies her as his son. Some changeling shit with Angelina Jolie Change, style. Changeling faux show. There, there's a recurring theme. He's driving her home and she's just like, what the fuck? But she needs a cover because she's being, you know, hunted by the police. But she tries to get out of the door, the car door, and <laughs> she can't get out. So she's just like, now we're kind of with her like, oh, shit, who's this guy? What's his deal? And he basically takes her into his into his home and keeps her in his son's room. 
And that's kind of what kicks off the heart of the story, which is this and relationship between, between this fire captain who pumps himself full of HGH yes. injections <laughs> regularly and he's, into, his, into his ass. And he's always trying to do pull-ups and he's pissed that he can't. Imagine eating pretzel bites with cheese, watching a guy just clench <laughs> his right. butt, butt cheeks as he, as he sticks the <laughs> syringe into the bruise and... <laughs> You know, tries to catch an edge, and then he's trying to do pull-ups later, but he can't quite do a lot or get over the hump. And Lucas, this was the wrong movie for nacho cheese, man. Oh, mm. I, I stopped halfway yeah, through. Yeah, you, you got to stop. My, my it's an oozy one. She's oozing oil out of her nipples. And it's, all, all just to end up looking like Pete Davidson. <laughs> she, does, <laughs> she does look like Pete Davidson. Yeah. So... We're introduced to the the firehouse full of a fire firemen, and you know they're they're young young dudes. They're fire bros. They're fire. They are fire bros. Is who they are. The dad, you know, is basically like, my son doesn't talk much, but he's here, and you know, I'm God, so my son's Jesus, and Jesus will speak when he chooses to. He takes his son, who he calls Adrian, which is the name of the missing boy. He takes Adrian on a house call with him. And that's when Bishki decided to go to the bathroom. Oof. And this has that happened. Was that, that was a, well, that was a point where I was like, it's not going to make sense. So if I miss a scene. This has happened so much that I'm going to make a new segment called Bishki's Bathroom Bloopers. Okay. <laughs> Bishki's Bathroom Bloopers. Sorry. When, when Bishki leaves... <laughs> They go into this house and this woman's complaining about her son who took too many sleeping pills and he might be in trouble and they got to help him out. So they go into this room. This kid is, you know, passed out or dead. He's got vomit on his mouth. And the dad starts doing, you know, some CPR. He tells Adrian slash Alexis, you know, comfort the mom, like, you know, help, help me out here. And while Adrian is comforting the mom, the mom is so horrified by what she's seeing happen with her son that she keels over and <laughs> the dad's like, oh shit, she's croaking now. And he has to talk Adrian through CPR. Mm, okay. And the way he does it is the fifth salad dragon. How it feels to chew five dragons. Stimulate your senses. Quintuplet. Oh my God. So <laughs> he's telling him how to rhythmically do CPR. And he's like, You're aware of Macarena, right? And <laughs> Richard Jewell, baby. Richard Jewell. It's a Richard Jewell connection. <laughs> so there's these this mother and son just dead on the floor. And he's like, Macarena. Blow or she dies. It's an extended, super serious life or death Macarena sing-along scene. This movie's got it all, folks. I can't even wrap my head around how crazy this sustains itself. So, Bishki, you were confused? Because I wasn't confused. Well, I was a lot of things, but I was not confused. I mean, I was confused about... Mm, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything. In but what's terms confusing? Of, I mean, just... It's pretty straightforward. I mean, <laughs> just character motivation... The dad missed his son and he went a little nutty and wanted this to be his son so bad. But like and wanted to make it work so bad. 
no. that he took he took him in and but took in him into his heart. Her like she goes from being just psycho killer to this like kind of reserved. I mean, like just nothing really tracks. Psycho killers I mean, can learn to love. I mean, she tried to kill him, and he was like, "No, uh, I, ain't, I ain't getting killed by you." She respected her dad. She respected yeah. her dad, and she was oh, in survival I, I, mode. It's French. It's French. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's straight up. If you're into like whatever sort of wavelength these French films are on. <laughs> Euro trash, motorhead, arty farty, yeah. pretentious, b- bourgeois, bohemia. Yeah. I would use none of those words to I describe mean, this movie. Yeah. Well, I would <laughs> Maybe say, arty, not farty. You know, this film begs for essays upon essays <laughs> on, in Film Comment magazine, and it will get them. I hope so. I you know, and visually, it's got, you know, visually, stuff to, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. No, it's fantastic. I and haven't I, seen fire look that good since Backdraft. Yeah, like when she is burning her clothes and just lets it burn in her basement, and the flames go up onto the ceiling above her. Like that's pure. That's cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Le cinema. <laughs> By the way, I, I just want to comment that we should have known that she was a serial killer. We should have seen it coming from the very first scene because she was a brat. She was as a brat. child. Yeah. And her dad <laughs> seemed her dad seemed to know all about this. So, I kind of love that her backstory with her dad was never explained. Like her dad watches her come home after okay. ki- killing that whole house full of people. Another quick another quick question. Did she lock her parents? Yes, I'm about to get to that. Okay. Her dad's watching her come home. He's just smoking a cigarette like, oh, man, she's a killer. And I knew it. (laughs) And she sets that fire in the basement. She lets it burn. The house is filling with smoke. She goes up to her parents' room. Her dad's there. They lock eyes. She takes the key out closes the door and locks him in. So it's just just to be understood that she burned her parents. Total psycho. Total psycho. Her dad had that haunted look where he knew. And her new dad, I kind of got a vibe that he looked kind of like a French Richard Crenna yeah. Mixed with like a weather, a more weathered Chris Maloney from Law and Order SVU, like just <laughs> just smush those guys together and pump them full of HGH, and tons of HGH. <laughs> that's this dude, and I thought he gave a soulful performance. As far as our lead actress, like the only comparison I have to her is maybe Klaus Kinski. Like she yeah. has this fucking look, this stare. She's she's here. She's revving up. She's, she's like she's like a real life yeah, Elizabeth Sa- Sander from Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, she's yeah. feral and beyond committed. Yes, be- everybody in this movie is beyond committed. And whether you like what they're committing to or not, you got to give them that. I mean, Alexis slash Adrian is naked for m- most of this movie. You know, like that's that's crazy. And, you know, there's probably some sort of prosthesis going on as she gets more and more pregnant and more and more pregnant she does. There's a fireman that, that kind of suspects that she's not who she says she is. He, you know, he, he sees her picture on his iPhone and zooms in on it. 
says, you know, go back from where where you came from, where you crawled out of. I think that was a Bishke blooper moment. Like he, he I think he missed that connecting. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah, I did. I did miss that. Missed that. That's part of the. I, I remember. Now like, it makes sense. Should I tell him when he gets back? Yeah, that's okay. That's why you're missing out on some of this stuff too. It's because you go to the bathroom. No. We need to get you a catheter. No, that no you can take into the little, movie theater. Little bedpans, those plastic ones. Those little bedpans, a little miss- oil tank. Yeah, <laughs> for the excess motor oil. We got to drain your oil before the movie, Bishke especially if it's a movie this crazy. Well, let's get to the motor oil finish. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where this is headed. There's no more dragons in the sky for this. We've we've poached them all. (sighs) I gotta say, the final scene is the sixth dragon, though. Dragon, part six, an adventure in comedy. She crawls back to her dad's bedroom. He finally sees that she's pregnant, leaking oil. He's about to leave. He's so scared and disgusted. And she's like, don't leave. And I do feel like they developed a legitimate, believable bond at this point. And I believed when he turned back around and helped to give birth to this thing. As she reveals her real name to him. She reveals her real name, Alexis. Push, Alexis, push. She sadly passes away during childbirth. He give, he tries to give her mouth to mouth. I was like, don't do the Macarena thing. Don't do the callback. They were restrained. He, did, he didn't sing Macarena one last time. The last, the final image is him holding this part titanium baby yeah. to himself and crying. I was like, are we going to get to see it? And I was like, yeah, in this movie, we're going to get to see it. And we definitely got to you see, see it. You see enough of it. We see titanium spine. A titanium spine, a titanium kind of half titanium face. Yeah. And he's he says, I'm here, I'm here. And he's crying. And, you know, shockingly to me, the biggest shock of all, I shed a little tear at the end. I was like, holy shit. He's got his baby now. He's going to raise this kid and he's going to be a great dad if he could just lay off the HGH. Yeah. No, you did not. I did. There was one tear, one oily tear fell down my face. So I think obviously you guys can tell I'm excited about this, but I can't wait to see what you guys think. Let's go to those French titanium bones. Brother Dave, welcome back. Lay it all out on the line for us. I can't wait to see what you think. Not since just one of the guys <laughs> has a gender swap <laughs> comedy had me laughing from beginning to end. <laughs> Very just one of the guys. No, of course, I'm joking. This is not a hilarious movie, although it has a couple moments. Yeah. But um, man, this, this was a challenging one. I would say that overall, it was rewarding and rich, but it didn't quite follow through in a fashion that was like grounded enough for me to truly invest and care the way Raw did. Sure. Raw is also kind of ridiculous, over-the-top sci-fi horror, whatever you want to call it, genre, and it's bonkers, but I bought that world. Where this, there were so many kitchen sink elements with the serial killing and the titanium and the sex with cars and it's definitely challenging when your hero or heroine is just an unrepentant psychopathic serial killer and mute for like most of the movie (laughs) and mute yeah with with very expressive eyes though so with all that said though it, it kind of pulls off a miracle that i i was pretty riveted throughout and you know, the artistry on display is undeniable. Like, I think she's an incredible filmmaker and I can't wait to see what she does next. 
this actual story didn't 100% work for me. And so I'm kind of, I, I hate to be on the fence here. I'm going mm. back and forth between, oh man, like I didn't quite <laughs> love it, but I didn't hate it. Is it a movie that like five years from now, I'm going to be like, shit, that was a masterpiece. What was I thinking? Or was, or am I going to be like, that was a pretentious piece of shit. And what did I ever see in it? So I think I'm going to have to go the three, the solid three bones. Three bones. That's what Roger Ebert would do when he was in the same predicament. Like sometimes his three bone reviews seem less favorable than his two and a half star reviews. So I could see that. And I'm honored to be mentioned in the same breath. I, always. always, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So three bones from Brother Dave. Let's go to Brother Bishki. Um, yeah. Um rarely have left the AMC theater as this as confused about about the filmmakers intents like <laughs> what i mean i know you want to show some extreme french what is the genre that french extremity or whatever <laughs> you want to show that Flawless. and you did it and you you know and i know you want to take us for a ride in terms of <laughs> characters or kind of psychological motivations. You and your motivations. Well, I mean, like, you know, in terms of, you know, wanting to feel for these people at the end, I, I, I really wasn't there. I, I, I didn't. I, there, there's a lot of suffering French people in this. <laughs> a lot of pain that these people are going through. A lot of pain. Lot Everybody's of, in deep pain. Yeah. Everyone's in these, uh, you know predicaments but is it earned i don't know it's uh, it's difficult for me because visually you know i i i think she's very talented and um i'll, I'll see rod i'll see probably your next film but i can't put this up what are you gonna do two bones two bones from yeah. brother bishki he's not impressed i don't know bishki, you didn't about. see it as a story about a, a girl who just needed a father <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone to care. <laughs> All right, brother Lucas. From what you saw, what do you say? Yeah, man, that uh, it's funny, brother Zach. He said two words to me because he saw it last night. He was mm -hmm. like, "Buckle up." Perfect, perfect, Zach. We've we've been really trying to get Zach to not spill his beans as much when he, especially when he sees a saucy, spicy movie before we do. I know it's hard for him. I know he wants to say something. He'll text and be like, I saw it. And I'll be like, good. That's good. And then he'll be like, get ready. I'm like, all right, we're done. That's that's fine. I'll, you know, like it. Don't love it. You like that text. That means we're done. And he's like, I'll just say this. It's like, no, no. Zach, no, you will not just say this because just saying this will lead to just saying that. And if he just said, buckle up, Zach, kudos to you. Yeah, it was it. very, it was very apropos. Um, Perfect or astute, rather. He, te um, he texted me Henry, the serial <laughs> Henry portrait of a serial killer meets Herbie the love bug. See, he needs to not do that. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> stop it, Zach. Stop. <laughs> These comps are killing me. It's interesting because, like, even when he said "buckle up," you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be fun. No, because this 
was not fun for me. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I would have been able to get through this by myself. Like if I just discovered this on sure. like Amazon prime or something, cause it's just, yeah, I don't know how this is going to play at home it's when, very when the audience isn't captive. It's very unpleasant. And that the one mass murder scene at the orgy house, you know, um, it was very hard to watch cause it was, it was just like brutal beyond, uh, anything we'd seen since possessor probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like what brother Dave was saying earlier, like it seemed it had a lot of different story parts, but it didn't feel like the sum of all those parts equaled like a greater, I was confused at points, but I get that it's not supposed to make sense. And it's just this like very visceral, muscular, gritty, sweaty <laughs> movie. Um, you, you could smell that movie. You could smell it. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and all that said, yeah, I know there was like a bunch of parts that I like looked away. So I didn't see every single bit of like imagery, but I definitely saw enough. <laughs> He's seen enough folks. To, to know that like, yeah, I don't think I'll be ever seeing this again. And it's interesting, like, yeah, Brother Bishke gave it two bones, and that's kind of accurate because this movie is definitely not for everyone. No. Like, that is a no. fact, as we as we saw those that, that couple who left. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to give it one and a half bones Whoa. just because I felt like it didn't really go anywhere, and it was kind of just like two different movies or three different movies, and I, I wanted to see one of those movies maybe, but all three mashed together. It was just like nightmare horrific like misery and it just wasn't fun for me one and a half from sweet lucas i knew it wasn't fun for you you were dying over there i could i can always feel your aura like so clearly and i'm like lucas he's in pain i'm like an empath for you i'm like oh the boy's in pain but i didn't want to help you this time i wanted to shove your face in it because this was fucking fantastic you guys like, I was on the edge of my seat through the whole time. You saw me leaning forward. You saw me covering, not covering my eyes, but covering my face. You saw me praying, yeah. praying to get through this. I got a bruise on my arm. I was punching you. <laughs> I was like, this was an active movie for me. This filled my eyes and brain with things that I've never thought of, never seen. And I don't know what the, all this it doesn't make sense. Bishki, I agree. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it made perfect sense. It laid everything out. It didn't go nowhere. It went everywhere. This was alive in a way that did harken back to when I was 15, seeing Pulp Fiction for the first time. And I'm like, holy shit, we're going under the pawn shop. Holy shit. What's going on in this pawn shop? It's like every scene is the pawn shop scene. So I'm sorry you guys are traumatized, but... How many bones? Three and one half bones. Okay. I think her next movie is going to be four bones if she keeps going down this road of insanity. Variety just announced she's doing the next Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so get ready. Or she'll do the next Transformers movie. Yeah. They'll probably give her Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. Uh, maybe GoBots. Yeah. Go, go, yes. GoBots body whore. Oh my God. GoBots. A hard R GoBots. Yeah. I, I would be first in line for it. <laughs> Launch it. All right. So... A weird one, folks. Really weird. <laughs> you must confront it. You must confront it head on. Buckle up indeed. I'm going to scratch my head into the night. Yes. Yes. What in the world did we witness? Go home, watch a comedy. Thank you, Brother Dave, Brother for joining Dave. us. Thank you, gentlemen. It the was a pleasure. grand return. So we'll just have to put our feelers out and see what the next 
completely vicious, hard to take movie is, and will have you back. Probably the next Cronenberg is coming next year. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, well, that'll definitely that'll definitely be your brother Dave joining. You know, I haven't seen a movie in a theater for like probably over a year and a half. So I I came back and watched the weirdest one ever with you guys. <laughs> That's the only it's a way. Good memory. Love it. Love it. All right, boys. Love and light and get your oil checked. Love and light. Love and light. light. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. So my BFF Lucas urged me to return to theaters to see this movie to call in. I think in the hopes that I would dislike it as much as he did. Mission accomplished, Lucas. Uh, Now I know the movie is a pretty big deal and people are comparing it to Cronenberg and all that. But honestly, beyond the superficial similarities to... Crash or Videodrome, I just don't see it. Look, I, I, I'm not the only one that's desperate for movies to really go for stuff. I mean, I'm absolutely desperate to get re- re-energized, but, uh, you know, and this one is trying for sure. It really is. And it's filled with all kinds of big ideas. The, the problem is that, unlike Cronenberg, you know, it lacks the intellectual, I don't know, the, the veracity to push those ideas just beyond provocation. And now that I've seen both the director's films, uh, the first one being Raw and this one, you know, I think she really has more in common with, you know, Harmony Corinne and Nick Reffin, which is fine. It's totally fine. That's its own recommendation, I guess. But I can't do it. Um, you know, it's a purposeful but a pleasant film to watch. One and a half bones. Lodgecast lovers, lighters, and then Ziggy and Gazers. This is Brother Zach. Some folks on this podcast seem to have missed the memo. It's prestige season. Get it together. Titane melted me into my fucking chair. Electric, car sexual, tense, uncomfortable, moving. Yes, this film is a magic trick. It's a story about how trauma gets inside us, shapes us, and how we pass it on to others. Maybe even how we change. Lodgecast listeners hear my passion. This film is a bonafide original it's punishing, it's hilarious, and yes, it's moving. It's going to be on my year-end best without question. And because it is so relentlessly punishing at times, it's hard to recommend this to any and all, and yet it is impossible not to recommend this movie because it is deeply rewarding. It is some of the most original and memorable sex and dance scenes in recent memory. This is must-see cinema. Give Vincent Linden a Best Actor nomination, you fucking cowards. Look, I will see whatever Julia Ducournau makes next, because Titan blew my socks off, tied them around my wrists, and did not let me out of its punishing and deeply pleasuring grip. Four solid bones. It's an oozy one.